As always, I'm your host, Ramiz, and I'm joined by Dylan. How's it going, Ramiz? It's going pretty good. We have switched sides, and we look a little bit different now. A little bit. That's all right. Room's rearranged a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we are back to recap the conference semifinals and preview the conference finals. And there's also a lot of news that came out this last round. Like, yeah. we had a couple of days, though, where we were just, like, inundated with news. Yeah. Um, so, let's jump into it with a news roundup. Um, so, first bit of news is some of the awards that we hadn't covered Um in our last couple of episodes were announced. Uh, we got Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not going to go through the voting on Defensive Player of the Year, uh, but Rudy Gobert ended up winning his third Defensive Player of the Year award. It doesn't feel right. We've talked about mm, this. Yeah, it's weird having him in the company of Ben Wallace, Dwight Howard, and Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, one of only four players to have it three times. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, I mean... in. Uh, Relative to the rest of the field this year, I feel like it was his. Yeah, but I mean, we'll get to it, I guess, a little bit later on. I don't know if you want to talk about it uh, when we recap what happened in their series. But he's got some problems. It is a regular season award. But yeah, I mean, he's not the perfect defender at all times. No. Defender, but hey, he was definitely, I think he was the defense player of the year this year. Yeah, I don't know. It feels weird. Like, I mean, Mm. the thing is. There were no new candidates. It's always the same right. guys these last few years. It's it's your Gobert, it's your Draymond Green, it's your Kawhi Leonard. The only um, real new entry has been Ben Simmons, who that's came right. second. But um, I don't know. When did he finish last year? Also second, I want to say. Was it also second? I think so. Yeah, I mean, so he's been around for a while now too. So yeah. maybe, nec- maybe next year we see the new emergers, the new contenders. Yeah, emerge. or it's just Ben Simmons award. Like, mm. I, I think next year it's Ben Simmons on the field, probably. Probably. It, yeah, it depends kind of what the situation looks like with yep. Ben Simmons. Again, we will cover that later on. Yep. Uh, but some of the more important awards, the awards people actually like. Mm. Uh, actually, do you like Defensive Player of the Year? Mm, not particularly. No. So it's one of my afterthoughts. <laughs> uh, rookie of the Year. Yep. Uh, the voting was announced, so LaMelo Ball ends up winning Rookie of the Year. Pretty well deserved. It really was a two-horse race. Um, so he ended up with 84 first-place votes and 15 second-place votes. There was only 99 voters here where... Most other awards is 100. I don't know what happened. Yeah, interesting. Um, Anthony Edwards had 15 first place, 75 second place, 9 mm. third place. Very interesting. Which is dumb. I thought that, yeah, that he'd get a lot more first place votes than just 15. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, seemed low. But, I mean, Melo had a great season, so shit mm. Uh Tyrese Halliburton was, thir- was third with zero first place, 9 second place, and 87 third place. But that also means three people left him off their ballot entirely, which is interesting. Mm, he did miss a bit of time, but yeah, and he you know sort of tapered off a little bit towards the end of the season. But we know where those three votes went because they went to our guy Sadiq Bay in fourth place with three third place votes. Yep. So only those four guys received votes this year. I'm pretty happy with that. Congratulations, Sadiq, for coming fourth in the Rookie of the Year. It's all right. You will end up being better than all of these guys yeah. as your career goes forward. It's but yes, um, I'm pretty chuffed with that prediction. The all-rookie teams did come out. Yep. Eh, not so great. There was like two or three correct ones uh, mm. from the start of the season. But also, that was the start of the season. The yeah. fact that I got this, pretty even good. in the ballpark, I'm yeah. happy with that. We're happy that we could hang our hat on Sadiq. Yes, for sure. At least, yeah. Uh, a season of success, for sure. Yep. Uh, next 
bit was we had our all NBA teams announced, and we'll mm. go through these fairly quickly. Uh, in first place, sorry, for the first team, we had uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was the only unanimous uh, all NBA first team person. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with Nikola Jokic being second there with 99 first place and one second place vote. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Kawhi Leonard rounded out the first team. Uh, second team was Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, and LeBron James. And then third team was Rudy Gobert, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Bradley Beal, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, some interesting ones there, I think. Mm. The third team in particular is very interesting to me. I, other than Gobert, I don't know if I had any of these guys. Actually, I would have had Kyrie. I think I had Kyrie on my You team. had Kyrie. Um, who was the other guard there? Uh, Beal. Beal, yeah. I think we both had Beal left off for yeah, someone else. Yeah, I had Kyrie Harden. I think I, think. I Yeah, I think I had Kyrie uh, Booker or Mitchell or... Yeah? Yeah, I think it was Booker. Um, I think I even had Westbrook ahead of him, maybe. In like... In yeah, pe- in people of my next in line. Yeah, I think I had Westbrook or Harder Beal. I think I would have had Westbrook in front of Beal as well. Yeah, but I mean, he was, you know, essentially the l- league leading scorer for most of the season until mm. Steph went supernova. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing super wrong with these All NBA teams. Is there anything you feel like you're missing? Paul George is a weird one to me. A little I mean, bit of a weird one. I, I, yeah, it's it's weirder to me that the Clippers have two. Right. Than it is, like, Paul George got one. But yeah. he had a good season. Mm. But there's a few guys who I thought would beat him out. And the next guys who received votes at the forward position were Jason Tatum, Zion Williamson, uh, Kevin Durant, and Chris Milton. Kevin Durant was too injured. But yeah. I prob- I would have taken Tatum and Williamson over Paul George. And I might have taken Middleton. That's, that's more of a toss-up to me. But I was pretty set on Tatum or Williamson. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum might have been the nod for me. I don't know about... Uh, Zion did put up like 27 or something for the whole season, but I don't know. I think Tatum probably should have gotten it, but the Celtics were really disappointing. Uh, he was their only like bright spot consistently for the season. Yeah, but, he ended uh, up with two first-place votes as well, first-team votes. Really interesting. Um, those are Boston guys, whoever that was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not too upset. I mean, I'm very happy that Julius Randle got second team. That's pretty elite. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know. I, I can't hate on it too much. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, and then the other guys who got votes at the guard position were Russell Westbrook was next up, then James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Ben Simmons, Trey Young, Zach Levine. I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that. Zach no. Levine getting a vote, maybe a bit of a homer pick for whoever did that. Yeah. But oh well, it was a third team vote. Trey Young in retrospect is interesting. <laughs> mm. Yeah, looking back now, yeah, uh, be weird. <laughs> uh, and then uh, for centers, you did have beer on your ballot, did you? Uh yes, it, of the condition that Jokic and Embiid both made first right. team. Yeah, 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 I did that as well. Who yeah. did I? Was Bam my third team center? I don't remember. Yeah, I'd go Bear second and Bam third. Assuming. Did, did you look at this? Hmm? Did you look at my voting as well, or my predictions for this? Because I don't remember who I had as my third team center. Mm, I can't remember either. No, I might have Randall. Oh, I think you did actually. Mm. Yeah, I think you did have Randall at center. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was too long ago. Yeah. Uh, so, Bam, Clint Capella, uh, Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Davis, uh, Vooch, and Draymond Green. Draymond Green got a vote as center, at center, which is weird. But Can't the Towns get any votes? Uh, no, actually. Not a single vote. Very interesting. Oh, uh, by the way, with Ben Simmons, he received one vote at guard and one vote at forward. Because right. no one knows what position no he is. No one knows. <laughs> I don't know either. No, neither do I. 
Yep. So no glaring kind of omissions there. No. Uh, any thoughts on Kawhi being first team? I think that might have caught a few people by surprise. Uh, well, it would have caught me by surprise had you not brought Ka- <laughs> Kawhi's excellent season to my attention in our <laughs> That's MVP uh, study. So I was pretty chuffed with that as yeah. well. <laughs> After that, no, not really. But he did have a quietly great season. Yeah. Um, it wasn't talked about a whole lot. He didn't get anything in terms of MVP voting. I think he got one fifth place vote and that was it. Interesting. Mm. Um, I mean, he did miss a fair few games. Yeah. But... I mean, in terms of people behind him, no, I don't really think anyone deserved it over him. Yeah, you had LeBron, who was also fairly injured, yep. Julius Randle, and then, yeah, you're getting to your Paul Georges, your Jimmy Butler's, yep. Tatum, uh, Zion. I still would have liked to have seen Embiid Jokic on the first team. That would have been cool. Uh, that would have been yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, Embiid ended up getting 28 first-team votes, meaning he got 27 at forward, uh, mm. and, and then the rest of them were at... Um, the rest of them were 70 center votes for second team. Right. Okay. Did Jokic get any forward votes? Are you able to tell that? Uh, okay, I'm guessing on that, by the way. Right, okay. Uh, I don't... I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. Yep. Um, yeah, so next bit of news here. We have some COVID news in mm-hmm. that, you know, the Western Conference Finals, both, have, both teams have something going on there. So Chris Paul uh, entered health and safety protocols uh, what was it, four or five days ago now, I think? Uh, five days ago now, Five I think, days yeah. ago now, and it's a minimum 10 days, so he's missing at least game two and probably game three. Yeah, which is very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's already missed game one here as we're recording. Um, yeah, a bit of a blow to Chris Paul, who's struggled to be around the Western Conference Finals whenever he's gotten there. Yeah. Um, obviously, the last time he got there was with the Rockets, and he missed the last couple of games with a hamstring injury, um, and now just bad luck for him. Um, and he's vaccinated too, apparently, so it just sort of Yeah, makes do we it know worse. what happened? I don't know what happened, no. Oh. Um, maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen it. What yeah. actually, how he came into contact with someone. Yeah, and I guess speaking of not knowing what happened, quite Leonard. Yeah, this is... Has something Another wrong? mystery, Ma- yeah. Maybe an ACL injury. Mm. Who knows what it is? Tear, spray. No, literally no one knows why quite Leonard is not playing. All we know is he has an injury. To his knee. It, to his knee. Yeah. Uh, I think it's listed as a sprain at the moment or a strain or something. Right. But uh, there were reports that the Clippers um, feared it was an ACL okay. injury. Yeah. Um, and right now there's just sort of pushing an announcement down the line by just saying he's going to miss a few games here and there. Well, he's missed every game since the injury, but um, what's he missed now? Two games or three games? Did he miss game five? I think he missed game five, yeah. That's right, he missed game... So he's missed game five and six of the semis, and he's missed game one of the finals, conference finals. Conference finals, yep. Um, and they're just sort of saying he'll be back when if he's, he's back. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he's coming back. Um, I don't think he is. If it's a sprain or a strain, we could see him come finals time if they make it that far. But yeah, we're probably not seeing him in the conference finals. Um, but uh, then again, no idea. Like we're Literally no idea. <laughs> this is us guessing. Yeah, he's... I mean, they're trying to keep... The opposing team on their toes, I guess. It's like, oh, Kawhi could be back at any moment. Yeah, <laughs> watch out. <laughs> um, I guess that's, I guess that's it. It would be a bit demoralizing for this Clippers team to make it all this way and then be without their star player. Um, I maybe they just also don't know, but maybe yeah. Also, with that Kawhi, seems weird. With Kawhi, he's pretty good at keeping injuries just sort of under wrap anyway. Mm. Like we still don't know what that quad injury was in San Antonio. Yeah, and ended up him leaving San Antonio because of it. So um, we might never know. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and he just 
either comes back or doesn't come back. It's pretty much that at the moment. I mean, we were making that joke the other day of, like, they're just waiting for him to heal. Yeah. It's like, oh, I woke up one morning and it was better. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> when they're like, all right, now he's back. <laughs> or it just never happens. I wouldn't be surprised if they just never announce he's out indefinitely. Yeah. And they're just like, uh, okay, now we're out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't know, like, what his playing condition. Uh, I guess we will have to find out once he hits free agency, but still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very interesting situation right now. Bit up in the air. Keeps the Western Conference Finals interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, could he come back? Yeah. Even with, Chris, things, yeah. even with Chris Paul being sort of here or there for game three, you're sort of like, oh, what's going to happen? So, a bit of intrigue to start. Mm. Yeah. The... Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And now we've got a bunch of uh, coaching vacancies news. I don't know if we talked about Terry Stotts being fired last time. Did we? Uh, I think we did. I want to say we did. Yeah. Because we did recap the Nuggets Blazers series. Yes, we did. Um, so, yeah. If we did it, Terry Stotts is out. Uh, but also, Scott Brooks, Nate Bjorkman, uh, Rick Carlisle is decided to leave the Mavs, and Stan Van Gundy did not get his contract renewed. If that's I think correct. he got fired. Did he get fired? I think he got outright fired. Right. Because um, it was only one year. His contract probably would have been longer. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or maybe it was... Who was it? Was it Scott Brooks that, where they mutually parted ways? Yeah, they're just not renewing his contract. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah, a handful of um, coaches being fired there. Obviously, the big one is uh, Rick Carlisle. Yeah. Um, long-time Mavericks coach, NBA champion with the Mavericks. Um, and he's just not coming back. He's just not coming back. Apparently, and yeah, there was turmoil between him and Luca. Yeah, um, reports of that and just sort of tension between those two. Um, yeah, amongst a bit of a shake-up with the Mavericks. Was, if we want to chuck Donnie Nelson in here, also yeah. leaving. Their long-time front, man- uh, front office manager. Uh, 24 years, their GM, I believe he was. Yep. Um, so, big shake-up here for the Dallas organization coming up on a Luca extension. That they're hoping he signs. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is... I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, I think he has indicated that he will. Okay, yeah. He what wasn't a fan of the Donny move. No. Uh, but apparently, yeah, obviously, might be a fan of the Carlo move. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see who they replace here. Um, Luca likes the assistant. Um, Whose name escapes me? Something Mosley. What's his name? Is it James Mosley? Let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, he's a big fan of him. Said in the past that he could be a head coach in the league. So, yeah. we'll probably see him promoted. But, um, yeah, Carlisle sort of has an interesting free agency if he's returning to coaching, which I'm assuming he is. Quite a few vacancies as well. Yeah, obviously. With um, So you've got the Blazers job, you've got the Wizards job, you've got the Pelicans job, you've got the uh, Pacers job, you have the Celtics job, and there's one other. The, Mav- uh, the Magic job. The Magic job, that's yeah. it. Um, and, yeah, already a few other coaches out there. Like, um, Wait, did we Ch- talk about the Magic coach? Who was it? Um, Steve Clifford. Did we talk about that? I think we did. Okay. Stops. Um what was I saying? Oh, Chauncey Billups. Also, like, and a couple of other names already out there. Yeah. D'Antoni, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, D'Antonio maybe, uh, taking another head coaching job. So, uh, a, a busy coaching free agency, which yeah. I don't think we can say we've no. had in a long time. <laughs> um, even though there's a couple first-year guys already out here in uh, Bjorkren and Stan Van. So, um, interesting where these guys end up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, the Mavs did end up uh, hiring Dirk as a special, uh, like, investigator or something. <laughs> investigator. It was an advisor, wasn't it? Yeah, advisor. Yeah. Investigator. Sounds investigator cool. sounds better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to find them a new head coach, yep. um, as well as a new GM. Yep. Um, I would not be that surprised if Dirk was like, hey, can I have the job? Yeah. <laughs> and what about this man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, no, I think, 
I think if Dirk is going to find someone, it's probably going to be Jason Kidd. Uh, that is the rumor, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a rumor out there that Kidd's potential for the head coaching job. Um, that'd be interesting. I don't think he's a good head coach. You <laughs> <laughs> um, just bring in the right assistants, like Tyson Chandler. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Terry. Uh, Sean Marion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, wait. Sean Marion's already fighting with the, the next job. <laughs> He's what? <laughs> Sean Marion is going to have to choose between the Mavs oh. and the Nets. He's going to have to choose between sets of teammates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He'll be in trouble there. But um, I I don't know. Is does, is Dirk qualified for this, do you reckon? No. <laughs> is he just like, hey, <laughs> I'm Dirk. here. <laughs> Dirk knows a guy. Dirk definitely knows people. Yeah. He's a man of knowing people. Yeah, I think so. So, interesting to see what comes of that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also had a trade, the which sh- was the biggest shock. Maybe. Crazy. What? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure if trades could happen. I think the day before, I was like, "Let's just get some trades going." Yeah. Not thinking trades were possible Spoken right now. Spoken into an existence. Yeah, and then we got a trade, and of course, it's the Thunder <laughs> getting another <laughs> pick. So, yeah. uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder received Kemba Walker, the 16th overall pick from this year's draft, and a 2025 second rounder. Uh, from the Celtics for Al Horford and Moses Brown. And an- another second rounder, was it? I don't believe there was another. Okay. Um, a- either way, not important. Either way, it does matter. Um, it's a second rounder. Yeah. Kemba Walker's out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Celtics are completely blowing it up. This is very interesting. Yeah. Um, they gave themselves a bit of cap flexibility with this move. Not so much this offseason, but apparently next offseason. They got a six million exception as well, I think. Right. Um, so they've given themselves a bit of money going into the future. Um, getting off a Kemba, who didn't look great this season, coming no. off a knee injury from the bubble. Um, yeah, maybe his best days are behind him, unfortunately. But yeah, the Thunder get another first round pick. Mm-hmm. They have uh, was it five of the top 36 picks in this upcoming draft. Um, yeah. And now a massive contract that they could use to maybe get some more assets back. Yeah. No, I mean, if this goes anything the way that Chris Paul and Al Horford have, Kemba's going to rehabilitate his image a little bit and mm. get traded for a first-round pick. That'd be pretty good for the Thunder. Yeah. <laughs> and pretty bad for the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, especially if they don't make anything happen with this money, which, you know, they've kind of been liable to do in free agency the last couple of years. Mm. Um, they have struck out a few times. Yeah. So this is an interesting play from Brad, new GM Brad. Yeah, new GM Brad. Um, Hated his player so much that he decided yeah, to trade he's him. He's like, man, if I can't coach this dude, I'm just going to trade. Yeah. Um... Not sure what Al Horford does for them, really. Yeah, he's back. Um, I think he, I mean, he wanted to stay in Boston, so, like, there's a positive there. Yeah. Did he want to stay in Boston? Yeah, it just didn't make sense financially, is what he said. Right, okay, yeah. Which is why he went to Philly, but... Yeah. Um, well... Weird. He's got the money. I don't um, know if it fits. I think they just... I think they trade Thompson, or just do something with Thompson. And bring I think they trade Thompson, but they also start Robert Williams. Really? I think they start Time Lord. <laughs> Who's they starting for now? They're starting four. Well, they could start Tatum at the four. But, no, who did they start at the four this year? When they starting Tice at the four for ages, and then they traded him. Were they? They start. Weren't they starting Tice and Thompson? And then All they right, I'm checking Tice. this. Who they trade Tice for? Uh, oh, it nothing. was to the Bulls for literally nothing. Yeah. Um. Wow, why can't I remember this? Uh, Tatum would work as a small ball four. I don't know if he'd work next to Horford. Horford. Yeah, I don't think but so. I don't think Horford can play the four. I think they're going to have to start one of Horford or Time Lord and bring the other off the bench. 
But um, that's why I'm saying I think yeah. they bring Horford off the bench. Yeah. Um, well, I think they bring Time Lord off the bench. Honestly, I think they'd rather have like the older veteran guy come off the bench. Mm, maybe, and maybe Horford's just not, you know, in his prime anymore. Um, yeah. So it was Daniel Tice. They did have a couple of uh, games where they started Tatum uh, right. at the four. So uh, they had like, oh, wow, this is back when Jeff Teague was there. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> to finish the season. Uh, sorry, there were so many injuries, it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Mo Wagner. Um, Mo Wagner. Jalen Brown and Robert Williams. Oh, baby. Um, and occasionally Kemba Walker there instead of Robert Williams, in which case. Yeah. Mo Wagner was their center? Actually, no, sorry, yeah. They actually started uh, Tatum at center. No. No, yeah, Mo Wagner, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Bit in the weeds with that, but I'm interested to see what the Thunder do end up doing with Kemba and all these picks. Um, like, I've seen, like, Kemba for Chris Stapp's trades out there. Yeah, I, it seems inevitable, honestly. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that's... Why would the... Because the Mavs will be like, just please, please. I mean... We'll give you a pick. <laughs> do they, is Kemba really going to be that much better than Tingus? I think Kemba might... I think they could talk themselves into Kemba being better I mean, than Tingus, could... and I think that's what the Thunder's going to do for Kemba. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to talk themselves into it. I don't think it's going to end well. I think, no! I think they should... I think they should only do that if they strike out on Larry. But, like, they they want a ball hitler, and they want yeah. a shot creator. Yeah. And Kemba Walker, even old, could still kind of do decent He could handle the ball. I don't know if he could create his own shot anymore, or... A little bit. If he can hit them, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, they're very interesting. Um, I'm still on the train of uh, trade Luca for Kemba Walker and 21st round picks. Um, that's the that's the, yeah. that's the package the Thunder come with. Um, whether or not the you know the Mavs come to accept that um, is one thing. But I think I that'd know, be a 20, fun, 21st rounders. That'd be a fun transaction sheet to look at 20 years from now. <laughs> I'd look at it. Oh yeah, because it would be like. Later selected. Yeah. This person was later selected. This person. It'd be like seven years worth of picks. Yeah. Um, so it'd be very interesting, but I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, no, I have no idea either. Yeah. Um, I th- Yeah, no, I do think Kemba will end up on the maps in some variety. In some variety. Very interesting. Um, uh, and yeah, the final piece of news here is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie uh, declined his player option from the Brooklyn Nets. They've obviously been eliminated from the playoffs. It's not that surprising, I guess, no. to a lot of people. I thought he might accept it. I was like, he might go in on this and be like, yeah, yeah let's get this. Yeah, there was a chance that he could come back for a pretty sizable deal, right? I think he's had like 12 million left on that deal. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm a guess, I'm guessing he's assuming he thinks he can get more from that. Which I'm not sure about coming off such a major injury. So coming off an ACL is tough. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we talked about this, whether or not he's still crowdfunding his next contract or yeah. if he's... Inconclusive. Inconclusive or if he's paying with it in... What's it called? Dinwiddie coin? Dinwiddie dollars. Dinwiddie dollars. <laughs> a crypto that he started. Um, all questions yet unanswered, but... <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of hope he does something crazy like that just to make it interesting. Just to make the <laughs> league get real angry. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I wonder what sort of teams they'd be looking for. I think the Sixers would love Dinwiddie right about now. Mm. Um, but is Dinwiddie just better, Danny Green? 
Dinwiddie's no, he's different than Danny Green. He's different. Okay, he's like I think whoever can't sign Lowry signs Dinwiddie this offseason. Do you see Dinwiddie's a ball handler? Like a, very much so. He does like a it. really good ball handler. Not a really good one, but he does it. Okay, he does it a lot. I think. All right, maybe not with this current Nets team when it, he was. Playing. I can't say I watched a whole lot of Dinwiddie. Mm. Uh, I, I can't say I watched a whole lot of Nets before this year. Um, but yeah, that's fair. No, he's definitely a, a a point guard. So that'd be interesting. I think the I don't know come to the Heat, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to let's get to the series, the conference, uh, the conference semifinals recap here. So we'll just go team by team. Uh, sorry, series by series, uh, and break down kind of what happened in each series. What was the key deciding factor for it? So let's start in the West because. I think the East is actually more interesting this time around. Yeah, yeah. We started we started at East time. last time because West was more interesting. No, it flipped around a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jazz and the Clippers series. What was your kind of big takeaway? Um, the Clippers just sort of made the most of their mismatch with Gobert. Yeah, um, they got shooters in the corners and sort of flung the ball around and got open shots and got inside by drawing out Gobert when they could. Um, and even when Kawhi went down, Paul George stepped up massively. Reggie Jackson was cheating. Um, and I don't know. They just sort of, they made it uh, almost a 1v5, or at least a 1v3, like where Mitchell kind of had to do everything for the Jazz. Yeah. Um, and he was even hobbled towards the end of the series. But I don't know. Apparently, the combo of Paul George and Reggie Jackson is Deadly. too good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, my kind of key takeaway was they just figured out the Jazz's defense, so yeah. they just never really looked back. Like they they kept drawing Gobert out to the high to the high key, getting shooters open in the corner, getting guys drive to the rim, like bringing him out towards the perimeter, and then he just got cooked by Reggie Jackson. Yeah, uh, Patrick Beverly hit some big shots in Game Six. Yeah, yeah, it was just like they they fully figured out everything that Gobert is bad at. And then they took advantage of that, which yeah. is kind of why we were saying a little bit earlier, yeah. it feels wrong that he's three-time defensive player of the year. Though, I don't know, maybe Matumbo was kind of the same way. I was going to say, I feel like he more or less the was. same thing would happen with all three of the other guys in that, you know, tier um, of the four-time or three-time defensive player I don't know about Elijah, but... Was he in that tier? Wait, who was the other one? It was Dwight, Matumbo, and Ben Wallace, right? Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, maybe Ben Wallace could run around a bit. That'd be interesting. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the Clippers definitely took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Clippers won in six. What was our prediction? Do you remember? Uh, we both had Clippers in seven, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yep. close enough there. Close enough. Um, although, interesting that they closed it out in six without Kawhi for two games. That was very interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, and no Conley for the pretty much the whole series yeah. until game six for the Jazz. And Mitchell turned his ankle, was it game four or game five of that series? Um so the Jazz were a little bit hobbled, but also I just don't think they... they didn't. It seemed like they moved away from Bogdanovich the longer that series went on, which was interesting. I don't remember him doing a whole lot in Game 5 yeah. or 6. Um, I think he only finished with like 14 in Game 6 or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like they could have gone to him a bit more, but yeah. Um, now, I, I said this the other day. I You seem to disagree. Is Quinn Snyder on the hot seat at all? I don't think he is this year. But I can see a world where this happens again next year, and then they definitely are. Because right now, I think this is the first year of being stuck in the mud. And they're allowed... Really? Okay. Yeah, and they're allowed to do that for one year. And then if it happens again next year, where it's the exact same team, because they don't have a lot of flexibility, and the same thing happens, then it's hot seat time. 
I think they are where the Blazers were two years ago. And we look at the Blazers now, and we're like, maybe they should have blown things up two years ago. Mm. I think it's maybe a good time to blow things up. I don't know what move they make. They just gave Rudy Gobert the massive contract extension. They obviously yeah. believe in their guy. I don't know what value he has, especially now on this $40 million contract. Right. Like, yeah, you can fire Quinn Snyder. And I, I, I think Quinn Snyder's a fine coach. So I don't know if shaking things up in that regard is what you yeah. do. But, like, I don't know what pieces you move if you really want to That's the thing. There's not anything. really... It's not a lot of flexibility. There's no young piece on this team that they can attach to a big contract and get some value back. There's no one, like, terrible either where it's just like, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. It's like, you've got Joe Eagles, you've got Jordan Clarkson, you've got Bogdanovich, you've got Royce O'Neal. Like, you've got guys who Mm. have value. I think, and what's unfortunate is I think they're one one big move away from being super-duper contenders. Yeah. And they don't have the pieces for that big move. Yeah. Uh, without trading already one of their big pieces. Um, especially as Conley gets older. Um, is he a free agent this year? I think he is, right? He might be, eh? Um, so, I mean, if they can't bring him back, then they're sort of, uh, there's another hole they have to fill. Um, I don't think firing Snyder is the move. I think he's a very good coach, and I don't think they could replace him with someone as good as easily as they can, like the Blazers can replace Stotts with someone. Right, yeah. Um, I think it's worth hanging on to Snyder. But um, if they could get Carlo, would it be worth? Uh, I don't even know if Carlisle is worth switching it up for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they go for. I think they've got one more year left of run it back before it's make moves time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we've got the Suns and the Nuggets, and I'll go first on this one. Uh, they just took MPJ out of it, and it basically became one on five. Yeah, essentially, like you know, they they tried to make. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Like <laughs> they were like, okay, um, Austin Rivers, Vicuña Cabozo beat us. Mm. They couldn't, obviously, <laughs> obviously they couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean they managed to completely take Mike out of it, which I didn't think they'd be able to do as well as they actually did. Uh, they managed to neutralize Jokic to a degree. Like, he did it, right. like, excessively well. He just kind of played to his level. Uh, or maybe slightly below at times. Uh, and, yeah, they just kind of took care of business. They took everyone out of it and let Jokic be the only threat. And as great as Jokic is, he can't play one on five, especially against Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, I have pretty much the same thing. Jokic had no help, and just the defense wasn't there to stop. CP and Booker, especially CP, had an yeah. awesome series. There was so much guard penetration. They oh, just kept yeah. getting inside, and then Aiton was always a lob threat. Yeah, it's pretty much what I thought was going to happen, really, is get once they got inside the three-point line, it was Chris Paul's game to you know make happen. Yeah. And he makes it happen. That's what he does. Um, yeah, Aiton was unreal. I thought defensively, he keeps surprising me every round. Yeah, how he was good, great. How good he, he really is defensively and how effective he is offensively. Being in the right positions, even making like good passes, but just being a lob threat at all times and just a rim runner and stuff like that. Um, very, very impressive series from the Suns. Um, there was a few close games in there, right? There wasn't any real bloods. I think one game was a blowout, right? I mean, they were all... They, in the, at the end of the day, they all kind of being blowouts. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, game one was probably the closest. Right, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, and like a lot of shooting and a lot of defensive breakdowns for the Nuggets as well. Yeah, uh, MP. That's something MPJ really has to focus on. Is yeah. not falling asleep off ball because Jay Crowder got a lot of shots off that, yeah. and then like bench guys also got a lot of shots of that. Yeah, I mean I'm just kind of glad it's over. It was it was very painful to watch. It was very frustrating watching Jay Crowder just fold himself in half every time he shot a three <laughs> and getting the call for it. I mean like yeah, part of me 
wants to completely blame the refs, but obviously it wasn't the refs' fault that the Nuggets got swept. Um, yeah, no, it was just... Oh, I wish, Mar- I wish Murray was there. I wish Doja was there. Like, you know, it's like if you're... Yeah, Doja would have been interesting. He would have been good. I mean, he wouldn't have made that much of a difference, but they might have got in a game. Yeah. Um, um, I knew the series was over when in game four, <laughs> there was five minutes left, and I hear Reggie Miller say... It's Barton time. It's Barton time. <laughs> Barton was good. Barton was yeah, surprisingly... He was, safe, he was so much better than I thought he'd be. Yeah, but you're not winning a series when that is said. No, on my yeah. Television. I mean, it's uh, like, I like Barton as my fourth option. I like Monte Morris as my fifth option. I don't like them as my two, three. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doja would have been interesting just defensively and being a big body, throwing him around there. But, you know, unfortunately, this wasn't a complimentary playoffs to a spectacular MVP season. No, future, no. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wasn't... I know you keep pointing out the defense, but I, I don't know. The offense is what frustrated me. It was the fact that they just never got anything going. And yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of people will say, you know, they just couldn't get anything going. But it, uh, a lot of that is because Murray wasn't there. Like, right. he draws so much gravity. You can't just collapse and completely take Mike out of it and then say other guys beat you when yeah. one of those other guys is Jamal Murray who could go for 40 or 50. Yeah, he's a microwave and go off at any point. So Like, who, who won the nugget? Like, out of all those guys, Barton could give you 20-something. Monte Morris, once in a blue moon, will give you 20-something. None of them will hit 30. Yeah. So, unfortunate for the Nuggets there. Yeah. All right. Uh, next series here was the Sixers and the Hawks. And I'll let you go ahead with this one. Yeah, what a... This was the strangest series for me. <laughs> um, what the fuck just happened to the Sixers? <laughs> I have no idea. They just completely collapsed in three straight games. Um, yeah. Game five, eight, was it, wait, was game five the 26-point lead? Was Did, that game six? Yeah, 18 points in game five, lead, gone. Uh, Sorry, no, no, they won game six. Yeah, it was game five. It was game five. Yeah, and then, yeah, game four, 18-point lead, gone. Game five, 26-point lead, gone. Game win, six, they won. Oh, uh, yeah, win game six, and then just throw up an absolute dud in the fourth quarter, um... Of game seven. Yeah, like the Hawks started the fourth quarter 0 for 9, and they still won. And they somehow. Um, just, I don't even know what to call it. Just bad offense the entire time. It was bad. Even like like throughout the whole series, it was just bad offense. It just seems like Doc couldn't get anything going for these guys. He couldn't put any of them in proper positions to you know get shots. The only one, the only real play they had that worked was in bead post-ups. Yeah. Um, you know, Tobias had a pretty good series except for game five, I think it was, where he had two points or something like that. Um, but, like, his stuff was sort of in transition or off broken plays. And, you know, if he, they didn't have that, it would, the series would have been over a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, so, just, yeah, just bad offense from the Sixers. And then the Hawks offense was awesome. Like, yeah. they, they've got ball handling everywhere on the court. They've got shooters everywhere. Um, Trey Young was awesome. I thought Ben Simmons was going to lock him up. He was getting by everyone on that mm-hmm. team. Um, I think he did struggle with Tybal a little bit. Tybal, yeah, like Tybal and Simmons had moments where they could make it difficult for him. Like game seven, he shot terribly, but even in the fourth, he made the big ones. I mean, when he was getting double teamed though in the fourth, it was a bit. The scary doubles were interesting. Uh, maybe they went to that a bit too late, but um, yeah, he could, he seems to slither by everyone. Trey, he does, and then just throw up those perfect floaters or lobs to Capella. Um, and then, yeah, the real big thing was Simmons in Game 7. Yeah. Um, passing up wide open layups. Um, even Embiid talked about it after. Did you yeah. see this? Um, I didn't said, see the interview, but I saw his reaction on court. 
did you see his the quote that he came out with? He Go said on. he said the tide turned in game seven when we passed up an open shot and missed a free throw instead. Right. Yeah. Um, which is what happened after Simmons passed it off the tie ball and he got fouled. Um, yeah, it's the and then Doc said Doc was asked if Simmons can be the championship the point guard on a championship team and he says I don't know. Right. So yeah. not a lot of faith in Simmons at the moment, unfortunately. Um, which isn't necessarily unwarranted. No, he definitely looked, not pretty, looked pretty bad. Um, it, the series in general, the shooting, thirty four percent from the free throw line. Yeah. I think historically awful. Do you know how many shots he took in fourth quarters across all seven oh, games? Uh, three, three. Yeah, he three. Was three shots in all seven fourth quarters combined. And I think that came in two games too. Probably. Uh, I think he shot one in game. I think he shot one in game one and two in game three or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. So, you uh, make every shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot of questions now with this six. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Very this is a collapse. This is... Complete. They they ended up in the first seat. This is worse than the Jazz. Um, the Sixers really should have been hitting the conference finals here, especially since they did obviously have the much easier side of the bracket. Oh, my goodness. They Yeah. They were either playing the Hawks or the Knicks yeah. in the second round. After beating... The, the wizards, wizards, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, to to kind of add to some of the stuff you said, uh, yeah, Su- Simmons was garbage. <laughs> yeah, Hurdle was great. Oh, like, in Game Seven, he was unreal. <laughs> he was just good throughout the entire series yeah, as well. Gallo hit some nice shots throughout yep. the series. Um, nice defensive play to essentially seal the game. Essentially, game yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers. He. The it, it, the the series loss was not his fault. It was Ben Simmons' fault. He did choke a bit. He choked a bit. He lost it to Gallo on the spin move uh, coming down the lane. Um, and just sort of throughout... What did he finish game seven with? Like seven turnovers or something like that? I think so. Um, yeah, the doubles they threw at him were really effective throughout the whole series. Um, sort of catching him off guard or catching him really early on the catch so he doesn't have t- time to turn around and scan the court. Um, they made it pretty uncomfortable for him, even though he finished with some big stats uh, stat lines. Yeah, I mean, his, his numbers for the series are great. 30, yeah. 13, 4. Yeah. Uh, 47. Oh, 47 for the field's a bit bad. but um, Playing on a torn meniscus, too. 36, 82. Yeah, obviously the injury is a big part of it. But, yeah, um, he he really just couldn't take over in big moments. And then, yeah, obviously all those turnovers were horrible. I think he had, like, seven turnovers this game uh, in Game 7. I think he also had, like, eight in Game 6. He almost choked Game 6. Yeah. Um. Like, they were so lucky that they won game six. Yeah. I just think this speaks to the Sixers' biggest problem that they've had for years that they only fixed for half a season with Butler, which is they don't have a ball handler they can go to to end games. Mm. Um, Simmons is not a scoring threat. Embiid's a post-up guy, and we see how that happened in game seven. He gets stripped mm. uh, trying to make a spin move into the lane. Um their most effective and scariest season was when they had Butler, who's an end-of-game ball handler that can create his own shot or create shots for others. Yeah. I mean, but, like, their defense also fell apart a bit, which was bad. Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, you said Trey Young got by everyone. That needs to not happen. But, Definitely. like, all this guard penetration. Kevin Herter just went after Seth Curry like it was no one's business. Yeah. Yeah, they just kept getting inside, and then they made Clint Capella the lob threat the same way the Suns did with DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they took... Joel Embiid out of it, kind of the same whether they did with, uh, same way the Clippers did with Rudy Gobert. Mm. Um, just draw him up a little bit, throw a lob, and it goes in. Like there were so many times in Game Seven where, um, 
where Clint Capella just got an easy dunk or yeah, easy it was lob. Like two or three in a row, and then some backdoor cuts where Trey found him with awesome passes. And some stuff of them like were, that. yeah, some and of those were crazy. Bogey had a great start to the series, and then he, I think he picked up a knee injury in the later half. He tapered and, off, um, yeah. yeah, he tapered off a little bit, but he was still effective. That's the thing; like they can do numerous runs where Trey penetrates, pass it out to Herder, Herder penetrates, pass it out to. Bogey, bogey penetrates, pass it to Gallo for an open three. Yeah, like they've got so much stuff like that that makes them really dangerous on offense and really hard to guard. Um, and yeah, guys like Seth and uh, George Hill when he was out there, um, they were taking advantage of those guys. Even when Trey was also sort of taking advantage on who was supposed to be his defenders. Yeah. Also, just a little bit of credit to John Collins for his excellent rebounding in Game Seven mm. as well. Like that. Like the fact that everyone was really getting their defensive rebounds was really powerful. Yeah. Uh, for the team, like. Like if if either team got a few more offensive rebounds, they win that game. Just right. there were so many just misses. Yeah. Um, where getting those cl- uh, crashing glass was so important. So uh, shout out to John Collins for getting those. Yep. All right. Uh, our final series here, and probably the most interesting one. Mm. I said Nets versus Celtics. I meant Nets versus Bucks. Um, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice either. Um, I I'll go first on this one. Both teams kind of to me. Both teams played exactly how we expected them to. Yeah. Like, everyone just did what we expected them to. Guys like PJ uh, Tucker and Brooke Lopez hit their co- uh, hit their open threes. They played strong defense. Uh, the Nets guys, they hit their shots. Kevin Durant was obviously a monster. Oh if goodness. his feet were one size smaller, they win this series, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Uh, Joe Harris was actually a little bit ugh, not great Especially at times. Seven. But, yes. like, he did have his moments of just, like, you know, hitting his open shots as he should. Yep. Everyone just, yeah, Bruce Brown, Ledger Shabbat, everyone just did what I expected them to. The only issue was there was no Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving was there, the Nets win the series. Yeah, and uh, like probably less than 50% Harden too. Yeah, um, yeah, injured James Harden for sure. Yeah, that's how I see it too. I think if Harden or Kyrie were 100%, the Nets win this series, maybe in six. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just feel bad for KD, man. <laughs> he put his heart out in... Two historic performances in this series in Game 5 and Game 7. Uh, game 7 was just willing this Nets team, which was just struggling so poorly on offense to, you know, keep them in this game. Nearly won it, like you said. Too big a feat, um, unfortunately for mm-hmm. him. I mean, it was tough. The shots he were hitting were ridiculous. And then it, it all sort of, it was encapsulated in the air ball that he shot at the end of overtime, mm. where his just legs weren't there. Um, Defended by Drew Holiday very well as well. Yeah, yeah. Credit to Drew, but yeah, KD was gassed. Everyone in that series was gassed. You could see it. Mm. When they went to overtime, everyone looked scared. (laughs) They were like, I don't know if I've got five more minutes in me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was just, this was a grinded out series towards the end. And um, yeah, it was, it it kind of was both teams playing the way they, we thought they were going to play. Surprises for me, though, were. Drew's terrible offense and just decision making. Yeah, awful shots, not hitting shots, um, rushing possessions that just like lead to chucks up at the rim and easy fast breaks for the Nets. Um, PJ Tucker was actually pretty awesome defensively mm-hmm. against KD. It's just that KD's pretty awesome himself. Yeah, <laughs> it was just making these ridiculous shots. So credit to PJ for chasing him out there for forty eight minutes a game, pretty yeah. much. Um, also, I don't know how I feel about Giannis um, running from the KD matchup the entire series. I mean, part of that is coach. Part of that is coach. I, but 
an assertive player yeah. should say, hey, no, I'm guarding KD. At some point, Giannis needs to step up and say, hey, no, I'm guarding the dude who's dropping 50 on us. Um, the thing is, if he still drops 50, though. I don't know. It's like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, PJ Tucker did a really good job there. He did do a really good job. But it's like, could Giannis have done significantly better? But here's the thing. Giannis is the exact same build as KD. True. Like, and he and can move more, his- more muscular. Yeah, and he can move his feet well and do everything PJ does pretty much. Just be taller, <laughs> which is where KD got his points over PJ, was just rising over the top. I think PJ just knows the matchup better, though. Probably, but that's, I don't really care, yeah. <laughs> especially game five um, when KD just went nuts. I think they definitely should have made that uh, adjustment. But um, yeah, I, mean, I don't really know what to say about it. I feel like I'm still in shock from this series. Yeah, game the seven was not in the playoffs anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. This super team that was sort of a shoe in to win the chip championship is now not. <laughs> There's a good chance that one of Chris Paul, Paul George, or Giannis wins a ring this year. Yeah, or somehow Trey Young, or somehow <laughs> Trey Young. Yeah. I mean, those I didn't are... include him because he's not quite in that like. Yeah, oh, this guy needs a ring territory yet, but. You know, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know Was it the Trey Young trade, not the Luca trade? I mean, it, that is a bold statement, but if he wins it, <laughs> I mean, one to the conference finals, one lost in the first round. That is very true. That is very true. Um, yeah, easily the best series in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, we didn't go through our predictions for the last couple of series. So I had in the Suns Nuggets, my head said uh, Suns and six. My heart said Nuggets and seven. My head was closer to me, right? Uh, what did I have for that series? I believe you had Suns and six, or maybe even five. I think I might have been five. You might have had five. Uh, West. I don't know if we wrote them down actually, because uh, we didn't write them down in this one either. Uh, you are correct. <laughs> um, I let's say you had Suns in five. Yeah, let's say that. That's, <laughs> that's that. good for me. That's good for me. Uh, Sixers Hawks. I feel like I probably had Sixers in like five. I think I had Sixers in like five too. Yeah. Um, this yeah definitely the most surprising <laughs> series so far. I think so. And then Nets Celtics. Uh, you said it was destined to go seven. I, I thought the Nets would put it away at six. But yeah. Uh, I think I had the... I, I said Celtics again. Sorry. Nets box. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had the Nets in seven. Right. Um, I think so. I think you did as well. Yeah. And it looked like it for a while because Brooke tried to throw that game away. <laughs> he was very close. <laughs> he did just not pay attention to what was happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Uh, now let's rank the series from most to least enjoyable like we did in the uh, first round. You can go first on this. Uh, I mean... Easy answer. Nets box. Nets box uh, was agreed. Yeah, easily the most enjoyable. Uh, now, oh, me second. I had uh, the Suns and Nuggets. Um, because I like watching the Suns be very, very good. <laughs> that was a primo Suns series, and it's just primo, a beat down though. <laughs> it was a bit of a beat down, but I enjoyed watching Chris Paul be very good and Booker being very good. Mm. Uh, for my second best series, I did. I did have Nets box first. Uh, but yep. for my second series, I had Sixers Hawks. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Actually, I actually, I don't know. I'm kind of on yeah, the this, Hawks get side. Get this guy. He's a Trey Young fan. <laughs> he's won me over. He really has. I mean, he kind of <laughs> won me over a little bit, but not really. He's still <laughs> villain Trey Young to me, which is fine. That's fine. I don't know. I've never rooted for a villain before. Yeah. It's, it, uh, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I think I will. Yeah. Go Hawks. <laughs> uh, third, I had uh, Clippers Jazz. Um, I liked watching Mitchell pour his heart out, especially in games one and two. He was just unreal yeah um, and then it sort of got a bit worse from there on but it was still a good series yeah and I 
both of these teams are very like average, which is why they were my third as well. Like, yep. I don't love watching either one. They're both just fine to watch. It kind of was frustrating seeing them only take threes, right. um, which is why it's third for me. True. Um, and then last, I had Sixers Hawks just because I was so infuriated with everything the Sixers were doing. <laughs> my son's Nuggets is my last one as well. Yeah. Um, also, I don't know how I feel about the Hawks being in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> As a they fifth seed, earned it. I, which is the weirdest thing. You can't say they haven't earned it. That is completely fair. I just it doesn't feel right. I know it doesn't feel right. But if any of these teams have earned it, it's the Hawks. Absolutely, without a doubt. They're the <laughs> only team that hasn't played through any injury. Who hasn't played any injured opponents? Really. I mean, yes, Joel Embiid did have the tournament discus, but, but he still he played. Was, yeah, at least he was out there. Yeah. Um, oh, but what about no Danny Green? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Trey is still a villain in my mind, and that's fine. I don't hate the guy, but he's a good <laughs> basketball villain, and I'm, I don't know if I'm rooting for him, but we'll see if he can win me over versus the box. All right. Okay, let's get to the conference finals preview here. So we'll, we'll start in the West here, I guess. Uh, and we did get a preview of game one uh, today with the Suns edgy out the Clippers, 120 to 114. Uh, what's your keys uh, for the Suns? Um, they've got to light up the Clippers guards like they did pretty much against the Nuggets. Um they need to really attack them. And I don't know. The game plan for this Suns team is exactly what happened against the Nuggets, unfortunately. It's just like they played the perfect game against the Nuggets. Right. And somehow they need to just keep that going against every team they play. Because when Chris Paul and Devin Booker get into the mid-range and they can find passing lanes out of there or they can rise up in the mid-range or they can attack the free-throw line you know, and get to the rim, that's where they're best basketballs at. Mm. Um, I and think the issue is there's craftier defenders for the Clippers. There are yeah, at guard. better defenders. I don't, I don't think know. any of them scare me I like much. Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Rajon Rondo a lot more than I like Composo, Austin Rivers. Completely agree, but <laughs> I just, I think that leads from one team being swept to one team losing in like six. Right, okay. Um, the only like Scary defender in there now is Beverly. You know, Rondo in the past. I don't think Rondo's really that much of a difference maker now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Booker's still got a few inches on him. Um, and I think Booker's just too good at this point now. I don't think Beverly really makes that much of a difference still. But I think you can chuck Paul George on him. Sure. But that sort of throws the other matchups out of whack, I guess. Especially when Chris Paul comes back. I uh, could definitely stick like Reggie Jackson on Bridges. I mean, sure, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, I've yeah, still the point remains, get to the middle of the floor for the guards uh, and make things happen. Um, and use Aiton more effectively than the Jazz use Gobert. Yeah. Um, against, uh, you know, the smaller Clippers lineup where, who's their center? Batum, right? Batum's essentially their center. Or Marcus yeah. Morris. Yeah, Either it's, way, it's I a wing. It's more Marcus Morris, yeah. yeah, it's a wing. It's not an actual big. And, you know, I liked Aiton's We chances. saw Boogie, though, in game one. We did, actually. Yeah, he played a... Hey, did he play a lot of minutes? He scored a lot of points. He scored yeah. 11 points. I don't know if he played a lot of minutes. Um, but, yeah, Aiton, you know, I feel like defensively also he can hang better with the Clippers' small ball lineup than mm. Gobert, obviously, or even Chris uh, Stapps or Marjanovic towards the end of that... Um, Mavs series. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps the Clippers' chances as well. Uh, sorry, the Suns' chances as well. Um, so, yeah, pretty much just keep the keep the wave going. Yep. <laughs> you know, just what they've been doing, really. For the Suns, I think the key is, like, d- defensively. I- it's more of the defense. Right. Take their best player, Reggie Jackson, out of it. Yeah. I'm um, 
Mr. June. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Got. June. Yeah. No, I mean, take take everyone out of it and make Paul George kind of be the only threat. Like, yeah. I don't know. If Reggie Jackson keeps doing what he's doing, maybe it's a bit tougher. Yeah. But they don't have a whole lot of offensive threats there. Assuming you can kind of close out on three-point shooters, the same way you kind of did with the Nuggets. Um, you know, take out the other guys, let one star beat you. Yeah. Uh, whether that star is Reggie Jackson or Paul George, depends what you want to do. Um, but, yeah, do that. Close out on guys like Batum in the corner. I hate we're talking about Reggie Jackson like He's this. He's so good, though. I, I don't believe it. I actually can't believe it every time he scores 20. Every time he's awesome for the Clippers, I can't believe it. Does he it. ever not score 20? It doesn't seem like it at this point. <laughs> he's just a shoo-in for, oh, he's going to get you 25 every game. Yeah. He had, what do you finish with in game game one? We are recording this after game one of the Western Conference Finals. I, I don't know. Uh, like 22, uh, 24 and 10 or something that like that. That's right, yeah. Um, and talking about... They ran him off the three-point line a bit. Uh, he shot pretty bad from three, I think, but he still finished 50% for the game. Um, so they're kind of d- doing what you're talking about, which is cut down on the shooting and the shot-making for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. I th- I, then I think it's going to attack inside for him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll get to what I think the keys for the Clippers are. Yep. Don't allow that guard penetration. The yep. same way, the same thing that the Nuggets... Like this, they, they are very similar to the Nuggets in kind of that way. Um, don't let Devin Booker, don't let Chris Paul once he comes back, kind of get in there. Uh, Cameron Payne also try to keep him out from keep him out yeah. on the three point line, um, and just get shooters open as much as possible. Get Batum in the corner as much as possible. Play your small ball lineup if you do need to do it. Put Boogie out there and get physical with Aiton. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Just another quick note for the Suns before I jump onto the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers don't have real um, uh, rim protection, and I think Booker's going to take advantage of that a lot of the time. Right. And I think Chris Paul's also going to get that, so that'll be important. Um, for the Clippers, I think they need to get mismatches for PG pretty of- pretty often. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good defenders for Paul George, just like there were for Michael Porter Jr. in the last round. Um, and I, I'm not saying they're going to take PG out of it, like they took uh, MPG out of it. But no, Paul George could create his own shot. Yeah, but um, I think getting him just easier situations, like with Book on him or one of the guards or... Cameron Johnson even probably can't guard him as well as someone like um, Crowder or Mikhail, obviously. Um, so hunting stuff like that, but also like getting shooters open, um, especially attacking Aiton. You know, he might be better matched up defensively than the previous bigs, but he's still a big out there. And if yeah. they can attack him and get shots off that of him trying to run around and guard you know, corner shooters and stuff like that. That's where they sort of found their success against the Jazz as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, exactly. Do what you do uh, against Gobert. Yeah. Um, and pretty much any big that they come across is going to be their formula like that. Um, just sort of... And yeah, stop middle ball penetration. Um, I think they should... I think this works a lot of the time is doubling ball handlers in the pick and roll and then making them pass early. Um, so like... Okay. Doubling Chris Paul or Booker early in the pick and roll and making them pass to Aiton while he's still like at the free throw line or something. That doesn't sound like a good plan to me. But then Aiton's standing there, you know, he's your passer or he's your mid-range shooter right, yeah. rather than letting Chris Paul get around the screen and be in the mid-range where he can throw lobs or make those passes. Right, I guess Aiton's just so big that if yeah. they do play that small ball lineup, then Aiton, I think he's smart enough to make those decisions as in just throwing it out to Mikael Bridges. That's the thing, I Make him make those passes. I think you'd rather live with that than Chris Paul making yeah. those sort of decisions. Um, yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> when you say stuff like that, that sort of gets to me, to my prediction for this series. Um, I think the Suns team, especially if there's no Kawhi for the Clippers, are going to handle the Cl- uh, Clippers pretty easily. 
fairly easily. I don't know. It's after game one that I'm not so sure. Like, they mm. won by six, but Devin Booker had a 40-point triple-double. That is true, but Paul George also had a very good game. He had 36. See, I expect Paul George to do, like, 30-something. I expect Devin Booker to do 30-something. I don't yeah. expect him to do 40, 10, and 10. That is true. Um, but Aiton had a perfectly reasonable game of 20 points. Mm. I feel like all their other guys had perfectly reasonable games. I don't know if we're going to get 11 from Boogie every night or if Reggie Jackson's... If he keeps giving them 20, I swear to God, <laughs> I, I want a drug he, test on I that man. I think he will, though. <laughs> um, Which gets to my prediction of Clips and Seven. Clips and Seven. I think the Clippers pull off this series. I don't know. It's something about, like... They've come back from 0-2 in the previous two series. I feel like this is the team where they are 100% able to make these adjustments that they need to make. Like, I think that's a big problem. I think that's a problem the Nuggets had. They weren't really making the right adjustments. Right. I don't think Ty Lue cares. I think he's like, yeah, we'll make these adjustments. Yeah. No, he definitely is a coach that he's not going to wait around. No, so yeah. Oh, we're down 3-1, better make something happen. Yeah, I think he's uh, going to make adjustments for game two. And they, I, I think they're actually going to win game two. I mean... I say I would say I would almost assuredly say Suns in at least in maximum six if Chris Paul's here for the whole series. Right, him being up in the air for for at least another game, maybe two. Um, that sort of throw things throws things for me, especially if they go like down like two one or something, and then Chris Paul comes back and they have to dig themselves out of that hole. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know. I see the. Suns is just being so reliable everywhere, so defensively good everywhere. Um, I think they match up really well. I think Booker's feeling himself right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up at least 40 again. Probably not a 40-point triple-double, but I could see him putting up 40 again next game or game three or something like that. Um, I've got Suns in six right right now. Um, Maybe Suns in seven. Um, Somehow, especially without Kawhi, I just don't see the Clippers getting to the finals. Yeah, I mean, keep me on the Clippers here, but, like, this is definitely the least confident I've been in any prediction throughout this entire playoffs. Really? Even the predictions I've been really wrong on, I have not mm. been confident. Like, I really don't know. I don't know. I I think it's the fact that the Suns-Nuggets series ended so early. And, like, yeah. we don't know how good the Nuggets actually were because they were playing the Blazers in the first round. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if we have a really great benchmark for how good the Suns actually are because they've been playing injured teams. I mean, yeah, they're playing another injured team here, but, like, mm. I don't know. I, I, I don't have enough information to make a really good pick on this. That's interesting. So, yeah. I'm, I'm going in seven. I think, I don't know. I, I just believe in the Clippers for some reason. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same with the Suns. I believe in the Suns team. I mm. feel like they're legit championship contenders, especially with CP. Right. Okay, let's get to the other series here uh, in Bucks hawks And I'll go first on this one. Uh, for the Bucks. Let Trey Young kind of do his stuff and then stop Gallo and Herder because that's really kind of what killed the Sixers. Like, Trey Young was getting everything he wanted, but so were some of the other guys. I think it's like, let Trey Young go for 40 if you really need to, but take these other guys out of it. Keep Gallo from getting heaps of points. Keep Herder from getting heaps of points. Um, try to make Clint Capella less of a lot threat. Like, keep keep guard penetration. That's been kind of the story of this episode. Like, keep guard penetration low. Yep. Don't let those lobs uh, go to Clint Capella. The The Bucks are the team to kind of match up for it. They are the, they are definitely the team to keep that guard penetration from happening right. with just sticking Drew Holiday. Um, 
on Trey Young. Luckily, Bud will probably actually do that, <laughs> unlike putting yeah. Giannis on KD. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you've got your help defenders. I think there's times where um, you just double Trey Young, take Brook Lopez off the floor entirely, double yeah. Trey Young, yeah. and uh, play PJ, Duck, uh, PJ Tucker. Because Trey Young did struggle with those doubles a little bit in Game 7 and just have guys rotate as much as possible. Yep. Uh, no, I agree. I think um, this... <laughs> I said this about the Sixers, but this is definitely the team that could lock up Trey Young. <laughs> um, I say that half-heartedly because I... I don't know. I've gotten to the point. I don't think anyone can stand for <laughs> yeah, Trey Young anymore. Um, but obviously, Drew Holiday is like kind of the perfect matchup. Uh, he's a big, strong dude, long arms, all that sort of stuff. Um, even and then, even guys like Middleton can switch onto him pretty easily. And you know, God forbid, he makes the adjustment for Giannis on you know Trey Young instead of KD. <laughs> um, but there's just a lot of. It's a good, solid defense. This is a reputable defense that's been a good defense for years now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot. There's a lot of good defensive players out there to stop all that dribble penetration that I talked about. All the ball handling that comes from this Hawks team. There's a lot of Bucks defenders to put on those guys. Yeah. Um. And so if Trey's penetrating and then they kick out to someone else, they can stay in front of all those other different guys. Um. So I think it's like you said. I think it's probably a good idea to force Trey to be the scorer because I think if it's just Trey, and they could lock up all the lesser ball handlers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like especially guys like Herder and Bogdanovich. Then, yeah, they could be in trouble offensively. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also talking about doubles and stuff like that. I think we could definitely see some Giannis at the five in this series. I, I think, think we so. should. I think we should as um, well. Yeah. Especially when I don't know if they go with Collins at the five or Kongwu uh, even when he's in. Mm. Uh, minutes like that I think Giannis can definitely match up defensively and then offensively especially if Kongu's on him I think there's a lot of damage that mm. you know like a Giannis pick and roll or even a Giannis post up um, he can get there a lot of advantage there yeah yeah uh, alright and then for the for the Hawks I, I don't have a whole lot to say on the Hawks I think it's just just keep trying to do what you've been doing yeah it worked against the Knicks it worked against the Sixers at least tried against the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> no, no harm in trying, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, just get the Trey Young pick and rolls going with the big men, and then let things happen. Get, get the shooters open by doing that, and make the Bucks adjust to it. Yeah, Bud's not the coach who adjusts to anything. So yeah, seemingly, <laughs> um, and historically, yeah. Um, I feel like that's right. And what they have been doing is picking up the big men. I feel like that's what they're going to do with Brooke. Yeah, because if. If Trey can round that screen that they set, books, uh, Brook is, you know, going to be eaten alive mm-hmm. either way. It's either going to be a floater or a lob to Compeller yeah. every single time. Um, and I think, you know, they really need to hone in on that and focus on that. And then from that, you're right. Just keep doing what they're doing, finding their shooters, finding their ball handlers, keep cutting and passing and all that sort of stuff. Um, they've got the bigs to sort of... They can outbig the Bucks a fair bit here. You know, if PJ's there four, yeah, then John Collins could have some um, some advantages on the on the glass and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Getting offensive rebounds, second chance shots. You know, second chance threes are always the best threes. Um, there's there's a lot of um, I don't know nitty gritty stuff that they can get into and help themselves out with. Um, yeah, against a superior defense, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Anything else you want to add to that? Um, I'm a, I'll be interested to see how the what the Hawks um, 
what their mentality is. Yeah. Like, is this a team that's hungry? They're like, we're let's get to the yeah. finals, or are they, or are they a sort of, this is found money now. Hey, look at us. We made it to the Easter's Conference True. Finals. This is pretty cool <laughs> as the fifth seed or whatever. No, I can't see them as a team that does. So I think I, they're hungry. I think they are hungry too. I think Trey is just on one right now. He's locked in. He's got this crazy mindset. He's embraced this villain role mm. that started with the Knicks series. Uh, and yeah, like I saw on like Instagram and stuff, he's gone into two of the toughest basketball environments to play in, in New York and Philadelphia, yeah. and come out victorious both times. Yeah. So. And now he's going to Milwaukee. <laughs> Mm, uh, Milwaukee, yes. Uh, not that I think he's not that I think he's going to average like fifty for the series or anything. No, now because no. of that. But um, you know, I just think he's he's not scared of anything, and I don't think it's going to start now. No, no, definitely yeah. not. Yeah, and it's some of those veteran guys, some of those weird veteran guys yeah. like your Capella, like your Gallinari. They're they're guys who like we've we've been through the playoffs, we've struggled through a lot of this stuff. Let's actually get some wins going. I yeah. think I don't know if this is Gallo's first conference finals appearance. I think it is. Uh, probably. Yeah. So it's like he's a he's uh, a guy. Not with the Nuggets. I think he was the after. Okay. Was it the conference finals and then the Mellow trade the year after? Mm, I think so. Yes. Yeah. So he came in the Mellow trade. Yeah. Um. So yeah, never made the conference finals before, as far as I'm aware. Um. Capella again, one of those guys. Like, yeah, I think this team is like they've got the young talent who are just like, yeah, we're on this, and then they've got the old veterans who are like, yeah, let's let's actually get this yeah. done. Let's go for that title. And like, this is the most wide open the title has been in a many, decade, yeah, many years. This is like I couldn't pick a champion right now. No. Um. And yeah, they've got like enforcers on this team, like right now, like John Collins is <laughs> going around talking <laughs> smack to anyone who will hear it. Do you see his shirt? Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's got it, the game after he dunks on Embiid, he's got the shirt for it in the game seven victory. He definitely him. had a backup shirt. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if if they didn't win, he's he's wearing some Gucci stuff or something yeah. like that. But um yeah, I don't know, he's he's talking smack to Embiid, Simmons, pretty much anyone. Yeah, he's he and Simmons got into it. Yeah, they're just a tough nosed bunch. I don't know. Maybe I'm coming around to the Hawks, but I still don't like them. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I I like the the Bucks because they're likable. I like the Hawks because they're villains. I'm really excited for this series. This is Yeah, this is a sneaky good series, actually. Yeah. Um, I wasn't too hyped about it until we started talking about it. So I'm, I'm hyped now. Yeah, I, I like this series more than Clippers' sons, at least in, in theory, on paper. Uh, I don't know. The sons of my surrogate. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, predictions. Oh, yes. Um... See, now that the Hawks have got me down. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't think they're winning. I just don't. I don't either. Okay, good. That's but it. it's not like a, but I'm oh, not, they're definitely not. They're but I'm not garbage. like Bucks in four or anything. No. I'm going to say Bucks in five or six. Tending towards six. Give me six. Bucks in six as yeah. well. But like, there's a chance that, <laughs> you know, one of the close games, shots just a couple shots don't go their way. A few more, few more turnovers than they need or would, would like that. Shortens it a bit, but I could definitely see this going six. Okay, but can you not see the Hawks winning at all? No, I can see them winning. Like I can see that. Like, I can't say like this much. Yeah, I, that much. I'm like that much. Ooh, out of how many? Like that much. That's like half. <laughs> like a quarter. You can see a quarter. You should put money down. <laughs> no. <laughs> the odds would be you would win lots of money. If yeah. You put not that much money. <laughs> I don't know. Sneaky. It's like the Hawks. Who I didn't expect them to be here. I didn't expect them to beat the Knicks. <laughs> Neither did I. I had Knicks in five. Yeah. Uh, 
Actually, uh, no, I kind of did expect. Remember that? Yeah, I was, you did, yeah, I yeah. was doubting my Knicks. You're a little bit. Um, but I ended up going Knicks in seven or something like that. But um, I had sixes in five. It's like I had. Yeah, I had the sixes in like four. <laughs> how how did they end up in this position? And I don't think it's it's not like a situation either where it's like. Like, it's, this is obviously an indictment on the Sixers, but I'm not just, like, the Sixers threw this entire series away. No, no, the, like, Hawks, the Hawks won this. The Hawks won this series. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but... <sighs> you know what? I'm hedging. Give me Bucks and Seven, actually. Bucks and Seven. Yeah, I'm hedging real hard to, on this. This series going to Seven is an achievement of itself. Oh, of, for sure. In of itself. I mean... If the Hawks are, are win- one win away from the finals... Where they, yeah, where they are now is an achievement. Oh, for sure. Uh, also, Winning the first round was an achievement. The, fa- the fact that <laughs> Nate McMillan is still the interim head coach is a crime. <laughs> yeah. Give that man the four-year max right now. He'll get the job. I think so. If he doesn't get the job, the Hawks should no, be burned to the that's, ground. That's absurd. There's no way they don't give him the job. No, He's absolutely. literally coached but them to the conference finals. why haven't they given fighters. to him now? Bit of banter. Bit of banter. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, get to the finals, <laughs> then we'll pay you, Nate. Um, yeah. The Hawks are scaring me a little bit, but I would hate to see them in the finals. I, I, uh, I unless don't. unless they like if they like sweep the box. If they like, kill the box. If they kill the box, I'm like, oh yeah, Hawks, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but until that happens, which probably isn't going to happen, see, I feel scared saying that now. I know this they're is just, the most unlikely conference finals sh- team in like ever. <laughs> it's just in, in many long time. Um. Yeah, they've just shaken all of my basketball beliefs to the core. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore. I was like, yeah, there's no way they're going to get through this with, like, Trey Young's defense. They just don't have all the weapons. Yeah. Their, their offense still needs a bit of work. That is the thing. They can't really hide Trey this series either. Super well. They can put him on Tucker, but then you that's a bit scary. Tucker might just, like, bash him, like, on offense. Like, he won't shoot. He'll just beat up Trey <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's a bit interesting because he's going to have to guard one of Drew or Middleton, likely. Yeah. Because there's no DiVincenzo. They can't hide him on DiVincenzo either because he's But with there. the shot selection Drew's been going for. Yeah. But uh, Drew could post up and maybe he's like, hmm, let me calm down a little bit. I don't have to do so much right in this series. Yeah. I'm not going up against Kyrie or Harden or anything. Maybe I could just take a bit more time. But yeah, that is something to watch out for. But Box and six, somehow tentatively, even though my chance of the Hawks winning is still at like 1%. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Um, Nothing makes sense. Reggie the Jackson's Ho- the greatest player of all time. What is this conference finals? It's crazy. I kind of love it. I Yeah, I love how <laughs> wide open it is. Our picks at the start of the playoffs were Nets-Lakers in the finals. Yeah. and They're both out. They're both out. It's the conference finals. They're both out. Do we want to give a finals prediction now? Just to even, we could probably look back at this like in a week and be like, Haha, "What idiots!" Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have Suns Bucks in my finals. Well, I had Bucks Clippers based on the series. Mm. Um, in how many games? Who wins how many games? Oh, I want it to be Suns so bad. I want Chris Ball to have a ring. Can you imagine the picture of Chris Ball? Throwing the championship ball up in the air, confetti going everywhere in Phoenix, crumpling on the ground, crying. Suns in seven, damn it. Bucks in seven. 
question Question mark. mark. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. We're looking ahead. We're getting excited. I have no idea. No one has any idea. Everyone's just making it up at this point. Either of these teams could... Either of these series could go to... Could be sweeps. Or go to seven. You, you, yeah, you could convince me anyway. You could convince me that the Hawks are about to sweep the Bucks and the other way around. Yeah. You could convince me there's two East teams in the finals. That's how crazy this playoffs is. Yeah, <laughs> you could convince me that the Clippers are about to sweep the Suns, despite having lost game one. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wild time for the NBA. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. I'm here for it. Alright, if you haven't enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like on YouTube, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, leave us a five-star rating or review. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at StatSuffers. You can follow us on Instagram at Stat underscore Suffers. You can email us at StatSuffersVibe at gmail.com. Tell us what you think your predictions for the finals are. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, thanks for listening. Peace.